You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell completes his series on success. In this third part, Linnell asks his radio audience, does it seem like time is getting in the way of your success? To be successful, what will you have to do differently? Let's join the conversation. Tonight is success versus time. And the questions I'm asking is, does it? seem like time is getting in the way of your success and to be successful what will you have to do differently and we've covered quite a bit in regards to success over the last few weeks now i don't care how successful you get or how successful you may be and i've shared this almost every week because i know that you can get something out of these topics getting too busy for what's really important is something we all struggle with. And then suffering from the consequence of busyness in the form of exhaustion is something that a lot of us struggle with. And then if you add the limited time we all have to the equation of trying to be successful, all of a sudden things can get really complicated. And so that is really what this conversation is tonight. And I think uh, that I'm sure it sounds very familiar and that some of us are currently stuck in this reality and there are those of us who have been stuck and may have figured it out. So let's get into the topic, success versus time. And again, questions I'm asking, does it seem like time is getting in the way of your success? And to be successful, what will you have to do, the emphasis on do differently? All right, so let's talk about time. Because it's this, <laughs> in some ways, this uh, this law that we all have to obey. We have 24 hours in a day. And one third of this time, which is eight hours, is typically, and I say typically, reserved for sleep. Because some of us don't sleep that long. Which means there are about 16 hours left in a day for conscious activity. Now... During a weekday, eight to 10 of our conscious hours are typically spent working. And depending upon where you live in relationship to where you work, another hour or so is dedicated to community. So if you subtract work and your commute from your waking hours, okay, and then you add in breakfast, you add in dinner, and you add in all the time it takes for you to get ready in the morning, such as getting showered, getting dressed, or even adding in the time in the evening that it takes you to uh, unwind, such as getting showered and undressed or undressed and showered. Then there's about maybe three to four hours left in any given weekday that can be maybe dubbed as free, okay? Quote, unquote, free. Now, if you have children, you would want to deduct a couple of more hours uh, because, you know, there's time that you have to spend with them 
that, you know, for those of us that are single, typically we may spend on ourselves. All right. I think I've shared this breakdown before, uh, but I think it's necessary for where I want to go in regards to success versus time. Now, in a post I wrote some time back, and I've shared this on the air a lot. The name of the post is Success Versus Mediocrity, if you want to check more of it out. Um, and of course, you can check that on the blog at inspirationalperspective.com. But in this post I shared a long time ago, I shared the following, that it has been noted that the measurable difference between a man or woman of achievement in contrast to a man or woman of mediocrity is only 2%, okay? So that's just 2%. So again, the measurable difference between a man or woman of achievement and success in contrast to a man or woman of mediocrity is only 2%. All right, now, 2%. And I want you to stick with me because I'm talking about time versus success. We're talking about success and the difference between a person who is mediocre and a person who's successful is only 2%. Now, the time that most of us have left in a day is maybe three to four hours. And so you can begin to see how that measurement of 2% can actually be true because maybe that's where we need to be looking in regards to going after our goals and our, our personal goals and our dreams. And again, remember, this is all getting us prepared for 2015. That is why I'm doing this entire series for us to begin thinking about 2015 in a way that will allow us to set up goals and resolutions that we do not drop. All right, so 2%. So if this is a reality, I have no doubt that success has everything to do with the attitude we choose throughout our days. One, just that's one piece of it. But more importantly, I believe success hinges upon how we choose to spend the little bit of free time we get each day. Now, one of the complaints I hear all too often is, I just don't have enough time. And my answer to that statement is always, you have enough time. You just have to change how you use the time. Now, for some people that might sound like I'm uh, somewhat detached, right? Like I'm detached from your reality. Like you're a single guy. You have no clue, Linnell, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But then I could go and find someone of the same status. And when I say status as, uh, I mean, same, same situation as you. And there's probably some things that they're doing that you wanted to do, but you're not. Why is that? It's all, it all comes down to this time conversation. And so I say you have enough time. You just have to change how you use the time you have. And I could go through a number of examples, but you guys know typically when we talk about time, one of the places I like to go right away is television. All right. <laughs> because I, I see television as the, the great time evaporator. Anyway, one hour of television every evening doesn't seem like a lot of time until you sum it up as 25 to 50% of your free time. Because again, remember, we did the math, three to four hours. If you have children, you probably only have an hour or two. And so any of that time spent watching TV, that could be 100% of your free time. 
or 75% of your free time. And it is the conversation around success versus time, ultimately, where the only way to begin to achieve what it is that you want to achieve is really locked in that particular area of your free time, right? And so the conversation then switches to how do you begin to do things differently? That's a big conversation because you got all types of habits and and things like that. Speaking of habits, there's a really good book out called The Power of Habit by uh, Charles Dunhig. I think that's the name, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the last name. But anyway, Google The Power of Habits. Anyway, so an hour every day, use this way consistently, doing things differently, could begin breaking the mold of mediocrity and start you towards living your life in 3D. Now, you're probably asking, what do I mean by 3D? I'm going to explain it in a moment. But one hour a day, doing things differently than how you normally do them could be the way to start to break the mold of monotony, mediocrity, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Now, when I say mediocrity, I know somebody's probably mad. Like, did you just call me mediocre? Mediocrity is if you know you could be living a life that's different or you have goals and dreams and aspirations and desires that are above the station that you are in today, then by by that simply, if you decide to remain there, remaining there means you're still and if you're still that means that creates stagnation then that in itself can be defined as mediocrity all right so that goes for me that goes for anybody else if i know that i could be doing something differently and i choose not to i have goals i have aspirations i have dreams and i choose not to go after them or not choose but i let the rigor of life kind of take me out then by definition, I'm living a mediocre life because I know there's more I can do. Okay? All right. So, what is living your life in 3D? Living your life in 3D is all about taking the time to dream, design, and do. Those are the three Ds. Those are the three ingredients to achieving your greater purpose. Now, here's the deal. I know it's not easy. Because if it were easy, a whole lot more of us would be living the life of our dreams. However, I do know that it's doable because other human beings with similar circumstances and situations like all of us, all of us have done things differently. And the fact remains that somehow between our reality in our dreams sits this thing called life. And life leaves us pretty exhausted. We talked about that last week. And at the end of the day, with just a few hours of leisure, if that, to enjoy, before the cycle replicates itself into another new day, that is the only place that lots of a lot of us have the opportunity to begin to shake things up. 
And if you notice, I'm focused solely on the weekday, not the weekend, because if you get me into the weekend, there's a whole lot you can shake up. It really comes down to choice. I think some months back, I talked about the difference between how we stay committed, how we uh, stay in integrity, personal integrity to our commitments versus letting circumstance take us out. And circumstance is everything that happens in life, right? Versus what we're truly 100% committed to. And so where I left off is, you know, life leaves us pretty, leaves us pretty exhausted at the end of the day. I have a full-time job. You, you, most of you all probably have full-time jobs. And we have these aspirations. We have these goals. How do you go after that? And the cycle is hard to change. And the only way to change the cycle is to change your inputs. Now, I spent a month talking about inputs. So those of you who have been with me, all right, you've been listening every Saturday. Uh, religiously, this is where you start to get the payoff. Because if you haven't, then you got to go back and check out some of those uh, shows. and Or you can go check out some of the blogs. Just go to inspirationalperspective.com and put inputs, outputs, and you can see everything I've written in regards to inputs and outputs and how what I'm saying now correlates to that. All right, but the cycle is hard, and the only way to change the cycle is to change your inputs. And this is, this is the key. Because if you change your inputs, you begin to produce new outputs. And remember, this whole, this whole battle, success versus time, that we're talking about takes place in the mind. It takes place in the mind. And it is how you nurture your mind that will provide you the, not only the inspiration, but also the energy to go after what it is you want to go after in the new year and do things differently. Shake it up. But it comes down to the inputs. All right. So with that in mind, I'm going to share a few ways to slip new inputs into your already hectic days. All right. So here are a couple of recipes for putting new inputs into your day. All right, because believe it or not, this is how things begin to seep out in your actions and your outputs that allow you to do things differently in the short period of time that you have to differentiate yourself in regards to living out your dreams, your aspirations and goals. OK, now. The first input or the first tactic that you could take on in regards to putting in new inputs is listening to inspirational music. Okay? Music is huge. I talked to the young man at Kenwood on Thursday. They got some new song out by OT Genesis or Genesis or Genesis or whatever this guy's name is. Somebody listening knows who I'm talking about. And the song is, I love the cocoa. I love the cocoa. He says this over and over again. And when he's talking about cocoa, he's talking about drugs, okay? And then there's one part of the song, he starts talking about 36 for a kilo. 
that's a brick, missed my free throw. That's the reason I shared it with the boys, because they understand the whole free throw thing. But that's garbage. That's straight garbage. And if you put that in your head, you cannot expect to somehow get out on the back end, whether it's hours later, a day later, a week later, what it is that you want to get out. Like, that's got to come out of you somewhere. <laughs> it's got to come out of you somewhere. And the thing is, we get caught up in it because the feeling that the beat gives us. But what is it actually producing? Because it's producing something somewhere. So this is why I say listen to inspirational music whenever you can. All right? Create a playlist. I got a playlist on Spotify. You can follow that. Check that out. It's a morning playlist. But where do you do this? I, you know, for me, I do it when I wake up. You know, get showered, uh, when I'm getting dressed, just listening to uplifting and inspirational music on the iPod, the iPhone, or you know, your Samsung Galaxy, whatever it is that you carry. But you can create a playlist and do what it be. You can do that. But it's the input. If you know you want to take life to the next level, then listening to music that talks about taking things to the next level will actually help you produce the output of taking things to the next level. Like, <laughs> as human beings, we are really just a conduit. And because we're a conduit, everything that we expose ourselves to has some type of repercussion on us and how we deliver or do the things that we do. So that's number one. Just And I'm giving you some, some real nice tactical hints, okay, in regards to inputs. The second one, instead of listening to the news, which only perpetuates the past and the present, all right, and typically is not uplifting, instead of listening to the news on your morning commute, listen to that self-development or improvement book you don't have time to read in audio while you drive. You know, that could be one of the things. You could say, hey, well, I want to read more books in 2015. And you just don't have the time normally. Well, how can you do it differently? Do differently. One of the ways is to get creative and just listen to the audio book on the way to work. Maybe you listen to it at lunch. Maybe you listen to it on the way home. Whatever it is, like, how do you set your space up to begin to go after the things you want to go after and maybe some untraditional ways. Okay. And again, the audio book is an input. And so what you're putting in your mind, what you're putting in your head will have an output. Okay. All right. Number three, during lunch, step away from everyone for about 10 minutes and just dream, just dream because if, you know, if you do have children and, you know, you got a lot of people in the house, you, you leave the house and it's, you know, basically a race to get out in the morning and get everyone to school or whatever it may be. And then you get to work and you're kind of running, running, running. And then, of course, by the time you get home, you're running back. You got to stop at the grocery store. You got to do with all these things. You got to cook, clean. There's no time to dream. And I can't tell you how often I encounter new clients who are really talented people and have done some amazing things and they're not present to their purpose. 
they're not present to what it is that they really want to do. And part of the reason for that is they haven't taken the time to just dream and get present to their own passion. And what, what use is living life if you're not present to what makes you feel alive? So take the time to dream. That's one of the cool things about being a child is the dreaming is somewhere that gets completely pressed out of us, completely pressed out of us as we grow older. So take yourself back again. The dreams you have are mental inputs. You actually create them in your mind and you implant them in your mind and they do create outputs. So be careful what you're dreaming about. Okay. Because there will be an output. <laughs> All right. So that was number three. Number four is on your commute home, listen to your favorite tunes. And this is all about switching up the mood, okay? Because you might have had a tough day at work. You, you know, something may not have gone so well or you might be stressed out. And this is an opportunity to switch your mood. You own your attitude. Nobody else owns your attitude. You know, it may feel like it sometimes, but they don't. You do. You get to switch it up. Just because you feel bad right now doesn't mean you have to feel bad 60 seconds from now. You can switch your attitude. That really is what ontological coaching is about. It's about attitude and perception. That's the work that I do. So listen to your favorite tunes or maybe call up an old friend that you normally don't get the opportunity to talk to. But do something that really energizes you. So your family gets the better part of you, the best part of you, versus the you that is worried about all the crises that are going on in our communities, uh, within the social, uh, the social situations that the United States are currently dealing with, the crisis in the Middle East, all the different things that are going on. You know, all those inputs will have, it will suck your energy. It will drain you dry. Now, you want to stay informed. Don't get me wrong. But there's ways to stay informed. And there's ways to adjust your attitude. You pick. You pick what there is that you need. Okay? So that's number four. Number five. Before bed, reflect on that dream you had at lunch. And put that dream down on paper. All right. And here's here's the big question. If you had a dream, if you had a thought at lunch that you, you put down, maybe you wrote it down on your phone. Do you relax by toying with the dream once the, the children are asleep or you're kind of in that unwinding time? Or do you watch television? Do you just turn on the TV and kind of blah? Which one is it? So should you put that dream on paper or should you watch television? Again, this is your opportunity to do something differently. Because if you put it on paper, well, and when I say it, the dream, if you put the dream on paper, that's the beginning of design. If you remember I said live your life in 3D, first you dream, second you design, and then third you do. Living life in 3D. Okay, and if you watch TV, well, so much for the dream. More than likely, you won't get back to it. Okay, and here's the deal time is dealt equally to each of us, no one is exempt from time's reality. 
the president of the United States, President Barack Obama, he gets the same amount of time as any derelict wandering the streets of Washington, D.C. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. It's what we do with that time that differentiates us. So, my point tonight is you get to choose how you want to live your life. And you get to choose whether you want to live your life in 3D, where you dream, design, and do, or you live your life in, well, definitely not stereo, but maybe a monolithic life where you just kind of exist and then you move on. Either way, not either way, I would say the best way is to choose to live your life in three days because the result would be definitely a better you and there will be a ripple effect that impacts other people. All right, so in this whole tone of doing things differently, I um, when I first started the blog I write, inspirationalperspective.com, I had already accepted the fact that it wouldn't be explosive or, you know, extremely popular and grow from one follower, which was my mom at the time, to millions in a matter of months. Like I had accepted that. Right. And the reason I accepted that reality is fairly simple because my message isn't sensational. It's not comedy. It's not funny. It doesn't always make you feel good. Sometimes I know I make people I upset people. There's no soundtrack, there's no explosions and guys sliding under tables and and jumping through windows. You know, there's no A-class actor doing backflips and dodging bullets. Like, I don't write about that kind of stuff. In fact, my followers would actually, they'll have to actually read, comprehend what I'm saying, and then reflect, right? Even a show. You know, the show is not terribly funny and... Often, if you really want to digest what I'm saying, you have to sit still and listen. All right. That takes a certain amount of self-discipline. So for those of you who are listening, you know, you're off to a great start. And thank you. So. My point is this, if there's reading involved, my audience has just been dramatically reduced, period, because we don't read. And my, my brand strategist tells me all the time, you got to do more video, got to do more video. 2015, I'll be doing more video because <laughs> the message still needs to get out, whether they, you know people read it or not. Now, check this out. According to the National Center of Education Statistics, the percentage of adults who read literature declined from 56% to 47% from 1982 to 2002. Now, that's old data, but and the study was done 10 years ago before texting was normal and Facebook was invented and Twitter so I doubt these numbers have rebounded <laughs> since then. But for the sake of simplicity, let's just say, let's assume 50% of all adults read literature. Okay. Now, and this is still in line with success versus time. You probably see where I'm going. Now, it's one thing to read, but there is a completely different outcome if you read and comprehend something. And the comprehension factor alone automatically cuts out about 75% of the world's literate population. All right, 75% of the world's literate population is cut out when you talk about comprehension. Now, that's crazy. I just saw a figure tonight that about 66% of women worldwide are illiterate. 
Okay, that's a global are illiterate. So that leaves about 44% that are literate. But then if we apply this comprehension factor to it, that cuts out 75% of the 44%. That's staggering. And it's talking about the woman factor, right? If you talk about everybody, you know, with the 75%, considering that statistics only, only 25% of all readers truly comprehend what they read 25% that's it so to be clear only 50% of all adults read literature and only 25% of the 50% that read literature truly understand and comprehend what they read now I'm not done yet because in order for us to really experience true change or doing things differently that means that not only do we read and comprehend but then there's this reflection that's required because once you've read and comprehended something do you reflect on it like do you really let it absorb I wonder how many people are now cut out of that 25% that can comprehend it when it comes to reflection so that leads me to the next question. Well, before I even ask that question, I think you all can see why there are a lot of us who have a lot of knowledge. I listen to it on WVON all the time. People call in. They, I mean, they, they sound very informed. And often I wonder to myself, well, are they doing what they're talking about? Because if they are, then we should begin to see a shift. Or do they really understand what they're talking about? Have they put an action plan to it? Are they working the plan? And the answer often is no. Because if it weren't no, then I think we would see the results of it. So that leads me to this question. Once the remaining few of us reflect, how many people in this elite minority follow up with action after reflection and actually do what it is they were told to do. All right. So think about all the books and things we, we, we read. And I'm saying this because like tomorrow I'm posting five tips to help you meet your resolutions and goals in 2015. And a lot of people will read it. Only half of them will comprehend it. And of those who comprehend it, how many will actually go back and reflect on it and set their goals and resolutions up exactly the way I say to set it up so they can achieve success and have a powerful 2015? That's the question. And the fact of the matter is very, very few will do this. And that saddens me. Very few will do it. And instead of the majority of us reveling and motivation and inspiration what ends up happening is when we feel motivated and when we feel inspired it ends up dissipating just like morning dew leaving us to quickly return to our mundane routines that we enslave ourselves to we do it then we see greatness and wonder to ourselves what did they do that was so different from me and we don't even realize that the answer to our question lies within the question of whether or not we're willing to do things differently. 
And for a start, do different would be to read, comprehend, reflect, and then take action and do. Because that is the formula that differentiates excellence from mediocrity and success from just persisting to exist. So that leaves me with only two more questions for you. Tonight, will you be a part of the masses of mediocrity or, second question, will you be a part of the few that do? Because after all, it really is up to you. I can, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. I can try to articulate the things that I've learned, some of the steps that I've taken over and over again. But if you don't decide to do differently, if I don't decide, because it's not, you know, yesterday's success is gone. And 2015 is heading right at me the same way it's heading at you. And every day, every moment, I have to choose whether or not I want to do differently or if I get sucked into the vortex of doing things the same way. Because it doesn't always feel good to do different. And so it's up to you. It's up to me. But I can tell you, as for me, I will strive to be in the few that do differently and tonight I'm hoping that you do too I'm hoping that you do too do different so I'll run over it one more time how we do different is first I talked about it early on that free time the free time that you have how are you using it and then Manage those inputs, the inputs that you are letting into your mind, letting into your space, through your eyes, through your ears, through any of the areas where some, you know, input can be placed. How are you managing that? And are you managing it for the goals and aspirations that you have? And then as you're doing that, are you truly reading comprehending reflecting and then taking action on the things that you know that you should do because if you do that is what defines greatness and that is how you live the best life possible this episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text inspired to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.